Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, good morning, Restoration Church family. Pastor Johnny here. I'm really excited that you have tuned in with us this morning. We are going to finalize our series this Sunday. Uh, we've been in a series called Habits over really this entire summer. Uh, and the goal of this series was to really look at some spiritual disciplines for our lives for the purpose of godliness. And uh, just to give us a quick recap, we talked about uh, the spiritual discipline of Bible intake, which included uh, studying the Bible, reading the Bible, memorizing Scripture, meditating on Scripture. We talked about that the first week to really help us grow in our knowledge and in our Christ-likeness. We talked about prayer and how powerful prayer is and, and how when we pray to God, we, we connect with Him and communicate with Him and we grow. We talked about service, evangelism. Uh, we talked about giving of our finances to grow spiritually. Uh, last week, we talked about the spiritual discipline of learning, of being good students of the Word of God. And today, we are going to finish with our last spiritual discipline. And our anchor text throughout this entire series has been 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor, he says, hey, train yourself or discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And so really that's what spiritual disciplines are in the life of a believer. Uh, they are things that we can do, habits that we can implement in our lives uh, that are going to help us grow closer to God and become more like Christ. Uh, and so that's been our anchor text throughout this time. And like I said, today we are going to finish the last one of our uh, spiritual disciplines today. So before we do that, let's go ahead and uh, pray. So wherever you're at, just bow your head and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this series. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, these spiritual disciplines, God, that uh, they're, they're small things that we can implement in our lives, yet they produce big spiritual results uh, in our lives and for our lives. And so, God, I pray uh, that you would help us remove any distractions that we have today, that we could completely focus on you and on what you want for us and what you have for us. Uh, pray that you would speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would speak to us clearly, uh, that you would uh, become real to us in, this, in these next few moments as we open your word. God, we just want to be more like you. Uh, we want to be followers of, of you who are passionate about you and who reflect you and resemble you uh, to a world who is in desperate need of of you, God. And so we pray that for our lives and for our church, for our families, for our homes, uh, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So today we are going to finish our habit series with the spiritual discipline of fasting. The spiritual discipline of fasting. Some of you are like, yes, sign me up. I need to fast. The quarantine 15 
are it's for real i'm struggling with it sign me up if you know i'm ready to fast some of you are like yes i'm ready to go months without eating again uh you know i don't know about you but the other day i went to my closet to put on one of my favorite shirts and uh, i realized that my shirt shrunk i don't know if that's happening to you or not but man something weird is happening in our world you know our clothes are shrinking i don't know i'm just saying but man, we're talking about fasting today. And you know what's really interesting about fasting is that fasting, I believe, is one of the most neglected topics uh, in our churches. We never really hear about fasting. Uh, and you know what's really interesting is that Scripture talks more about fasting than about baptism. We, we hear about baptism all the time. We do baptisms and things like that. But never about fasting, and so the Scripture talks about fasting more, uh, more than, than baptism. And so, what I want to do is, I just want to give you uh, some principles on fasting and really reasons or purposes on why we should fast. And again, we really don't hear messages like this uh, in our churches these days. But before I give you those purposes of fasting, uh, I I just want to give you a brief bird's eye view of fasting, just a quick overview of fasting, of biblical fasting. Uh, So first, what is fasting? You know, let's, let's just start there. So it's something basic. What is fasting? And fasting is basically abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. That that would be a good definition of fasting. Abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose purpose. Now, uh, these days, there are people who fast, but they might not fast from food. They might fast from social media. They might fast from the news, uh, from TV, from a favorite hobby, uh, you know, from different things that really have a great impact in our lives. And sometimes we might have replaced God with those activities or those things. And so some people fast from things like that. And so when they fast from things like that, then they are able to use that time or resource that they would have used, uh, you know, with that activity or hobby or whatever it is. And they would use that time then to connect with God. Uh, And so it's not just about fasting from food, but it's about fasting from other things in life to really remove the influence that some of those activities have in our life. And I'm not saying they're bad. They could be very good things. But a lot of times we replace, you know, really good things in our life for the greatest thing in our life. Right, and so uh, also uh, people who have some medical conditions uh, maybe are not able to fast from food because uh, medically they can't, uh, and so they fast from other things as well. So this is a great way to fast uh, if you can't fast from food. But technically speaking, uh, biblically speaking, uh, when Scripture talks about fasting, it does uh, really um, say that, and its primary primary uh, way to fast is is fast. Fasting from food is is abstinence from food if we want to get technical. But again, Christians also fast from other things. Now, the second thing is that there are different types of fast found in the Bible when it comes to food. There's a normal fast. Uh, A normal fast is really uh, abstaining from all food. 
except from water or something to drink. Uh, this is the most common type of fast for Christians. There's the partial fast. So Daniel in the Old Testament, he would have a, a limitation on his diet. He would uh, eat vegetables uh, and water only. So there's kind of like a, a partial fast there. Uh, this partial fast can also mean having smaller portions of food. Uh, there's an absolute fast. Ezra in the Old Testament, he avoided and abstained from all food and all water uh, for a few days. Uh, so that's kind of an absolute fast. And then there's a supernatural fast. Uh, Moses, he fasted for 40 days, not drinking or eating. I mean, this is something uh, supernatural. It's a supernatural fast. And I really wouldn't recommend doing something like this uh, unless you clearly heard from God to do something like this because it's going to really take God's supernatural presence and provision to get you through that time. And so, but there's different types of fasting when it comes to food in our lives, but the most common is the normal, the normal fast. So abstaining from all food um, except water. Now also uh, fasting uh, is, is there's different types of fast when it comes to the people involved. So there's private fast, right? When, uh, when we've uh, fast privately. We only tell the people who need to know, uh, you know, our spouse or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, there's congregational fast. So uh, churches uh, who who fast together as a church, which is something that we're going to do here pretty soon. Uh, there's uh, a national fast where a whole nation fast together. There's also different types of fast when it comes to the frequency of fasting. Uh, in the Old Testament, God established a yearly fast for the Israelites on the Day of Atonement. Uh, and then when they were in Babylon, the Jewish leaders instituted four annual fasts. So there's kind of some regular fasts that we see in the Old Testament. Uh, also, there's uh, occasional fast, uh, and these fasting periods occur on special occasions, or they occur um, as often as needed. And so there's really no uh, plan or system. It's just like whenever it's needed. But the most common fast among Christians today would fall under the normal fast, which is abstaining from all food except water, a private fast, and an occasional fast. That would be the most common type of fast today for most believers. Now, there's a question that always comes up. Are Christians expected to fast? And the answer is yes. Uh, Christians are expected to fast. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus says this about fasting on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, he says And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That's what, that's what Jesus says about fasting. He says, when you fast. Right now, this is very interesting because prior to this, Jesus talked about giving uh, and he also talked about prayer. And he said the same thing about those two things. He says, when you give and when you pray and when you fast. So yes, fasting is expected in the life of a believer. Now, the thing with fasting, uh, you know, it, the scripture, especially for us New Testament believers, uh, it doesn't give us a, 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 
a command as far as how often or how long to fast. Uh, and so that's really up to the person and that's really up to God uh, working in that person's life through the Holy Spirit when it comes to how often should I fast and how long should I fast. Uh, some people fast you know, for one day. Some people fast longer than that. I mean, it's, there's a lot of um, freedom there, but we are expected to fast as believers. And so again, what I want to do today in the remainder of our time is really give you three uh, reasons why to fast or three purposes of fasting. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The first is this, to seek God's guidance, to seek God's guidance. Acts chapter 14 verse 23 says this about Paul and Barnabas. He says, it says, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So Paul and, and Barnabas, they were going from city to city, uh, encouraging and strengthening the believers in the faith. And so finally, Paul and Barnabas had to appoint elders uh, in every church. Now, this is a very very, very big deal because the elders of the church are the leaders of the church, of the local church. And so it's it's not a decision that, that Paul and Barnabas took lightly. And so what did they do? Uh, they fasted and prayed so that God would guide them to the elders that God wanted for those local churches. Uh, and so they prayed and they fast in order to receive God's guidance in order to receive God's direction for their lives and for the churches. Uh, I, I don't know about you. Uh, I don't know what your hobbies are, but one of the things I love, love to do is uh, I love to to go camping. I, I, man, if, if it was up to me, I would be up in the woods every single weekend or every single day. Like I just love being out there. And one of the reasons why I love being out there is because I just get to disconnect. I, I really get to disconnect. Uh, my cell phone doesn't work over there. My computer doesn't work up there. Uh, there's no text messages. There's no phone calls, no email, no social media, like none of that stuff. And, and I just love being out there. So I disconnect from the world. And what really happens when I, I go up there, man, it just, it just puts everything in perspective. I realize, you know, how small I am and how big God is and how dependent I am on God. And when I'm up there for, you know, those couple of days or whatever, I don't know about you, but I just feel really connected to God. And I'm not saying that you have to go to the mountains to connect with God, but there's just something that happens in my heart and in my life when I disconnect from the world and, and, and really connect with God out there in his creation in nature and and I just feel more uh, sensitive I guess to to God speaking to me and God uh, uh, guiding me and, and I just just feel that connection with God and that's something that that uh, that's one of the reasons why I really really love going up there just disconnecting from the world being able to connect with God and just take my Bible out there uh, and, and just let God speak to me through his spirit and through his word to receive direction and and, and that's what fasting does that's what fasting does fasting when we fast we disconnect from the things in this world and we connect 
to God so that he could then guide our lives. And so what I want to encourage you today to do is to disconnect to let God direct, to disconnect to let God direct, to disconnect through fasting from the things of the world so that God can direct you, so that God could guide you, so that God could lead your life. Disconnect to let God direct. Fasting disconnects us from the world and connects us to God so that we can hear Him more clearly. Fasting strips away those that self-dependence. Uh, fasting strips away those wrong desires. Uh, fasting strips away uh, those the, the battle to justify our actions, right? Like that's what fasting does in our lives. Uh, and so I guess my question for you today is what where do you need direction in your life? What area of your life do you just kind of need God to speak into and to direct you and to lead you. Some of you are, are currently experiencing some health challenges. I mean, I know a lot of people who are experiencing health challenges and maybe the doctor laid out all of these options for you and you're just like, what do I do? God, give me some wisdom, some discernment on what to do. Maybe it's a good time for you to fast and to really ask for God's guidance. Some of you are, are maybe uh, thinking about making a job change. Hey, should I go to this company or that company or should I take this job within my company? Uh, uh, should I move a depart to a different department? What should I do? And, and so maybe there's just a lot of options there for you right now when you need God's guidance. Maybe it's relationships. Uh, should I start dating this person? Uh, should I keep dating this person? Should I stop dating this person? You're just kind of, I don't, you don't know what to do with, with this relationship. Uh, maybe in your marriage, it's not really about stopping your marriage, right? Like God is never going to lead you or guide you to something that's contrary to his word. But maybe it's more like, God, uh, give us clarity in our marriage so that we can move forward. Give us some direction. Speak to both of us. Work in both of our hearts and lead us together. Maybe it's in your finances. Should we purchase this car? Should we purchase this house? Is this the right time to make these moves, these investments? Whatever it is, just letting God direct you. Maybe some of us have uh, aging parents or grandparents and, okay, what do we do? do with them? How can we honor them? How can we best care for them these last days of their life? And you know, what do we do? Maybe some of you who are parents with this whole COVID and school thing, do I send my kid to school uh, when it's open? Do I homeschool them or do I, you know, well, all of those things. I mean, there's so many, you know, I could keep going on and on, but there's so many areas of our life where we just need direction. We just need direction. And I believe that through fasting, we disconnect from the world. We connect to God so that we can clearly listen to Him and hear Him so He can direct our lives. Disconnect and just let God direct your life in this season. So number one, to seek God's guidance. Number two, to overcome temptation to overcome temptation. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, to overcome temptation. You see, Jesus, he fasted 
for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, and after his fasting, uh, he was tempted by Satan. And if you know uh, the story, he gets tempted and then Jesus uh, responds with scripture and Satan tempts him again. He responds with scripture and Satan was unsuccessful at causing Jesus to sin and causing Jesus to stumble. But I really believe that those 40 days of, of fasting that Jesus um, uh, took part in was, was really a preparation, uh, really a training camp to prepare him for the onslaught of the enemy. And I think that's the same thing for us believers as well, that fasting uh, strengthens us, uh, fasting trains us so that when we are tempted by the enemy, we are ready. We are ready for him. We're ready to go to battle. We are able to resist the fiery arrows of the enemy. We are able to resist even our own flesh. We are able to resist the schemes of the enemy. Growing up uh, as, as a little boy, uh, I was always around boxing. Uh, that's one of the things that I grew up around a lot. Uh, my grandpa was a boxer and he was also a boxing coach. Had an uncle who was a boxer as well. And so I just grew up going to the boxing gym as a little boy all the time. And so I just I just love the sport of boxing. Uh, and so if you know anything about either MMA or boxing or whatever, uh, any of those combat sports, what, what happens before the fight? Uh, you know, the fight's really not the hardest part of being uh, a boxer. Uh, it's really the training camp that happens before, right? So uh, the training camp lasts about two to four months, uh, and, and the boxer takes usually his team, and, and they go somewhere secluded, and they train two, three, four times a day. They put in work each and every day. They make sure they're uh, physically fit. They make sure they sharpen all their skills. I mean, they really get prepared. And so why do they get prepared so so much? Why do they put so much effort uh, into these training camps? It's because they know that they are going to battle. They are preparing to go into war. There is someone uh, going to be in that ring with them that is going to try to rip their head off. And in the same way, that is fasting for the believers. Man, it is a training camp. It is preparation. It is getting us uh, spiritually fit and spiritually ready. So when the enemy tries to come and wage war over our soul and over our lives, we are ready not only uh, to, to resist him, but to overcome the temptation, to overcome the sin. And man, I'm telling you, fasting to overcome temptation and overcome sin in our lives is extremely extremely important. Let me tell you why. He, he, write this down. Actually, I'd really encourage you to write this down. Here's why. Because temptation never takes a vacation. Because temptation never takes a vacation. Do you remember the last time you went a day without getting tempted? I don't, right? Like That's just not possible. We are tempted all the time. Temptation never, ever takes a vacation. And we always have to be ready for battle. We always have to be ready to fight against the enemy, against the schemes that he brings upon our life. Uh, I was reading through the story of Cain and Abel. And so Cain was jealous of his brother Abel, and he had this desire to kill him. And the Lord tells him this. The Lord tells Cain this. He says, he says, watch out because sin, he says, sin is crouching at your door. 
sin is crouching at your door. In church, we are in this war. We are, we're, we're in this war where sin is just crouching there like a lion, ready to get us, ready to devour us, ready to kill us and destroy us and tempt us. I mean, if 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Man, the enemy's out there to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We are in a fight. We are in a war. We are in a battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 tells us more about this war. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, church, believers, restoration, family. There is a war for your soul. There is a war for your life. And man, the enemy wants to destroy you and tempt you and bring you down. And man, fasting gives us the power to overcome sin and overcome temptation. So I really encourage you to train your soul to win the fight against temptation, to train your soul to win the fight against sin in your life. And so I'm not going to sit, you know, be here and, and really just, you know, name all these sins and that you could possibly be struggling with. I think you know. I think you know those sins and those temptations that you give into. What are they? What, what sin has gotten the best of you? Uh, what sin has beaten you up in the ring, man? It's, that sin just gets the best of you every time. It leaves you with the black eye and a bloody nose. Uh, what sin has caused pain and brokenness in your life? What sin keep, keeps you from living the life that God has called you to live? Uh, what sin or temptation have you just fallen into that has caused a lot of pain and hurt in your family? I, I think you know. I think you know. Now, here's the good thing. That when we are tempted to give in, fasting gives us the power to resist. That we are, when we are tempted to give up, fasting gives us the strength to keep going. And when we are tempted, because this is very common, when we are tempted to overcome sin on our own strength, fasting gives us the strength to overcome and not by our strength, but by God's strength, by uh, through God's power, through God's grace. Listen, you cannot muster up enough strength, enough willpower to overcome the sin and temptation in your life. You just can't do it. The only way you can do it is through Christ, through the power of God and God's grace in your life. That is the only way you and I, we, we, don't, we don't have enough strength. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in our lives. And I believe, man, that if you fast, that if you isolate yourself with God, you are preparing yourself and training yourself to overcome that temptation. I believe you can. I know you can. Why? Uh, because Christ has already overcome the works of the enemy. First John says that. And so you already have power over it. It has no power over you whatsoever. So number one, to seek God's guidance. Number two, to overcome temptation. And the third and final one, to express love to God. 
to express love to God. The Gospel of Luke uh, speaks about a uh, elderly lady named Anna in the temple, and it says this in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 37. It says, And then, as a widow, until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, check this out, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. She would worship God through fasting and prayer regularly, night and day. And so Anna was married only seven years before becoming a widow and was widowed until she was 84 years old. And so most of her life, she spent loving God, worshiping God through prayer and fasting night and day. John Piper, one of my favorite uh, authors, theologian says this, he says, what we hunger for the most, we worship. What we hunger for the most, we worship. If we hunger for money, we will worship money. If we hunger for material possessions or popularity or reputation or whatever it is, what we hunger for the most, we worship. And it could be good things, anything, anything good. What we hunger for the most, we worship. You see, God alone is worthy of our worship and worship of anything or anyone else other than God is idolatry in our lives. And so what I want to encourage you to do to express uh, your love to God and worship to God through fasting is this. I encourage you to fast to feast. Fast in order to feast. To, To fast in order to feast on God himself. You see, because our, our bodies are fasting when we do that, but yet our souls are feasting on God himself. And that is beautiful and that is powerful to fast in order to feast upon God himself. So, so let me ask you this question. How is your appetite How's your appetite right now? I'm not talking about food. I'm not talking about physical food. I'm not talking about uh, going to, you know, Chipotle for lunch. I'm not talking about going, you know, to to grab some lunch or to grab pizza. I'm not talking about, you know, Chick-fil-A right now. Well, actually, it's closed on Sundays. You know, that's terrible, but whatever. I love Chick-fil-A. But I'm not talking about your physical hunger. I'm talking about how is your appetite for God? Is there a hunger for God in your soul? Is there a craving for the power and the presence of God in your life? Is there a mouth watering, craving for God and God alone? Psalm uh, chapter 73, verse 25 says this. He says, whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Do you have that type of hunger for God? God, there is nothing on this earth, nothing, uh, no amount of money, popularity, uh, material possessions, people, sex, whatever it is, there's nothing on this earth that I desire besides you and you alone. And my hope and my prayer is that that would be the type of hunger that you have for God. And so through fasting, our body, yes, it fasts, but our soul feasts and our soul feasts uh, on God himself. And, and, and the cool thing about fasting is that 
fasting is not going without something. Uh, fasting is not going without something. It's actually getting something. You see, when we fast, yes, we go without food or whatever we fast from, but we get something better. We get a more intimate relationship with God. We get a more thriving relationship with God. We, we get a better connection with God. Uh, we have a rekindling of our passion for God. And ultimately, we get God himself. God is the ultimate purpose. God is the ultimate blessing. God is the ultimate gift for fasting. And man, when we express our love to God through fasting, we also experience His love in return. So I encourage you, church, to let your body fast so that your soul can feast upon the beautiful, magnificent creator of heaven and earth. So what I want to do is I want to give you one next step that you can take. One next step. We're going to have what we call here at Restoration, and this is something that we're going to do uh, at least once a year, uh, probably twice actually, uh, is uh, we, we're going to have a 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting starting August 16th, ending on September 5th, which is our first Saturday prayer of every month. So it starts August 16th and it goes through September 5th. And so really uh, we are encouraging you and wanting you to sign up online. Uh, and when you sign up online, you're going to get a prayer guide uh, that gives you something to pray for each and every day. You're also going to get a fasting guide, a more detailed guide on how to fast and gives you a lot of great tips. Uh, but let me say this, you're like 21 days without food, I'm going to die. Some of you guys are like, yes, hallelujah, Lord, I need to fast, right? But but here's the thing. Uh, fasting's going to look a little different for every single person. Uh, some of you with uh, medical conditions who are not able to fast, hey, don't, you know, don't fast from food. Maybe there's something in your life that you can give up for these 21 days so you can focus more time on God. Also, fasting is going to look a little different. Some of you guys might fast, uh, you know, only, only one day out of the 21 days. Uh, some of you are going to fast maybe just one meal out of the 21 days. Some of you are going to fast two or three meals. Some of you guys are going to fast, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe, um, one meal uh, a day through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's just going to look very different for each and every one of us. And so, but, but here's what I will say that man, commit to praying the 21 days every single day and then go before the Lord and say, God, how do you want me to fast? How's this going to look different or, or how's this going to look for my life uh, and for my situation? But man, I really encourage you to go before the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to to do? Like, what, what do you want me to do? And how is that going to look for my life? Uh, for many of us, the truth is, uh, you know, it's fat, like, I, like I was mentioning earlier, the fasting is not uh, something that gets taught in churches a lot. And so uh, just start off small. There's no pressure to, to go 21 days in, in an absolute fast. You know, don't, don't do that. Just start off small. Uh, and again, we're going we're gonna to continue to do this. And here's the thing, after the 21 days of pray, prayer and fasting, uh, you can continue to fast however you want 
want. And again, there's no command on how often or f- how frequent. It's just, God, you know, how, how, how can I fast moving forward even after the 21 days of prayer and fasting? So, uh, so make sure you sign up. Uh, sign up is available online already. So go ahead and do that. It's going to be an awesome thing. We're really asking God to, uh, to show up mightily in our church uh, and in the people that attend church. We're, we're asking God to show up big time. We're asking God to show up in our communities, that people would come to faith in Christ, that people would come to know Jesus better. Uh, so we're really praying for some big things. And again, it's going to be in that guide that you get when you sign up. So Here's how I want to end this, uh, this series. If you remember, uh, I, I asked you a question the, uh, at the beginning of the series. And the question was this, how are you doing spiritually on a scale from one to 10? One being like, not doing good at all. 10 being like, awesome. I'm killing it. I love the Lord. You know, I'm crazy about him. Five is like, eh, so whatever, you know, uh, how are you doing spiritually? Then I told you that I was going to ask you again at the very end of the series. And so here we are. And so my question for you today is how are you doing spiritually on the scale from one to 10? Uh, I I will put money down. I will, I will bet anything that those of you who practice these spiritual disciplines saw some type of spiritual growth in your life. Maybe you're not a 10. Maybe you just went from a six to seven or seven to eight or even a two to a three, whatever. But there was some type of spiritual growth in your life. I bet you if you if you practice these spiritual disciplines, man, you experience some growth. If, growth. And, and if you did not practice these spiritual disciplines, I'm pretty sure you probably didn't experience some growth. Maybe you stayed the same place or maybe you went backwards. I don't know. But uh, I really encourage you that if you have practiced these spiritual disciplines to continue to practice them. Uh, if you didn't practice these spiritual disciplines, hey, have some grace upon you. God has grace upon you. And just move forward from here on out. Listen, church, these spiritual disciplines aren't just for new believers. They're not just for baby believers. These spiritual disciplines that we have discussed throughout this series are for every believer at any stage of their walk with Jesus. So these are things that we continually practice throughout our lives. Church, I'm so uh, praying for you that you would continue to grow in godliness uh, as, as Paul told Timothy. Rather, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. I believe uh, that restoration through spiritual different di- disciplines is going to be a godly church, not for the sake of, of, of saying, oh my gosh, we're so godly. We're a godly church. No, we're going to be a godly church because I believe that the world needs more godly people, uh, a better reflections of Christ. Our hurting world needs godly people uh, who love God, who love people, who are the hands and feet of Jesus, who are the light of the world. That is the purpose, to be more like Christ, to go out and preach the gospel, uh, to go out and live out the gospel, to go out and, and make disciples. I mean, that is the purpose of spiritual discipline. So let me just pray over your life. God, we come to an end of this series. And God, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives. God, that you would continue to work in our lives in a big way through these small habits that we're going to create for our life. God, help us be students of your word. Help us memorize it and study it and 
and read it. Help us pray. Uh, show us how to pray. Uh, help us make prayer a, a priority in our lives. God, help us be learners and, and servants of you. Help us go out and reach people. Help us be generous with our time, our talents, and our treasures as well. God, we just want to be more like you. We want to shine bright in a dark, dark world. God, help us become more godly. Help us become more holy as you are holy, God. God, I pray that those who have been practicing these spiritual disciplines, I would pray that you would give them even greater grace to continue. And those of us who, uh, you know, maybe just didn't really practice those spiritual disciplines, did, the, those believers didn't practice as much, God, I pray that you would give them grace as well. God, uh, and they could pick up right where they're at and move forward, God. Everyone is in a different spiritual journey, a different pace, and a different place in their walk. God, there's no competition, God, as long as we're all growing to become more and more like you. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of each and every person at Restoration Church. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.